0: Compilation and conclusion of the lesson I started last week, Zion versus Babylon. And uh, we have, uh, it's a two-page handout, front and back. It's kind of small, so get your reading glasses out. And the reason it is, is I put lots of scriptures in there, so you would know this is just not a matter of opinion. This is what the Bible says about the world system that the Lord has been monitoring since man fell in the garden and just like in every generation around the world there are all kinds of cities that could be said to be babylon nineveh the original babylon tyre and sidon uh, rome uh, any of the great cities of the world i will tell you that several years ago pastor and i and our family went to greece And we went to the island of worship. It's called Delos. There are all kinds of of temples there, temple ruins, where people would come and worship. And we went to this square. It was just empty, a barren place. And there were some paving stones there. And our guide said, 10,000 slaves a day were auctioned off right here where you're standing. 10,000 people a day. Men, women, and children sold as slaves. 10,000 a day. Now, I don't know how long that lasted from Greece until Rome, but I know that the Romans carried on with slavery. So the Lord is going to judge all of Babylon. That means from the first wicked city, that participated in this kind of abuse right up until our very present time. And Pastor just finished chapters 16 and 17 on the book of Revelation. So, 15 and 16 rather. And 17 talks about the great whore. That word is so harsh to my ear, I can hardly bear to say it. Whore or prostitute, these are derogatory terms, horrible terms that you would use to defame someone or to denigrate or to curse them, to say that in anger. But the Bible says in the 17th chapter of Revelation, mystery Babylon, the great whore. And so we know that prostitution and whoredom is selling your virtue for money. And so Babylon, the heart of Babylon, is selling whatever it takes to make money. There's no limit on what Babylon will sell. We're going to see that tonight. So I would want you to look at the front of your paper. And because I couldn't get my PowerPoint to work, I thought you'll never remember this. So now you have something in your hand to refer to. The character of Zion versus Babylon is very obvious. Zion is chosen royal, holy, and peculiar. It is not part of the system where people just follow the least line of resistance and they worship whatever. If you think about human history, there have always been people who followed along with what the crowd, the majority, until the Lord called out one man at a time. He called out Adam, Adam fell, called out Noah, Noah's descendant fell, called out Abraham, then called out Moses, called out Jacob, called out a nation till a family became a nation. Then when the nation fell, he used their DNA to come himself. Said, I don't need a nation I just need your genetic code. I'll overshadow a woman from the family I tried to redeem. I'll come myself and I'll make all of you my family. Say praise the Lord. So Zion is not Babylon. This could be called a tale of two cities. They're completely different from each other. One is natural and caters to your nature. The other one is spiritual and caters to the will of the Holy Ghost. The inhabitants of Zion, if you look quickly, I'm going to go quickly. An innumerable company of angels. So we know that angelic beings are there. The general assembly, that means that the assembly of people that are going to make laws and legal decisions. Jesus told Peter, whatever you bind on earth must be bound in heaven. You have to use the Bible as your code of determining what to declare lawful and unlawful. Nobody gets to name it, claim it here. No loose canons. Everything is done legally. Because, and you'll see why, the church of the firstborn. Well, Jesus was the firstborn, the first fruits from the dead. And then everyone born in him is a son. That means an heir, a firstborn son or heir. God the judge. That's why there's a general assembly. Because the Lord abides by his own law. And the Bible said he said his word above his name. So this is why Bible study is so important because it's the legal document that we live in so that when he judges us, We are not guilty of his law. You say, well, why is Jesus so important? Because when you fall in love, no one has to tell you do this and do that. You just do it because you want to. Say amen. So this is what's in Zion, God the judge of all spirits, the spirits of just men made perfect. So there are men there, angels, a general assembly, which is a lawmaking body, the church of the firstborn, God is the judge, the spirits of just men made perfect. That means common, ordinary people who lived a righteous life brought to perfection and maturity. And then the capstone of it all, Jesus the mediator. That's what inhabits Zion. Babylon, where we are now living, devils foul spirits unclean birds these are evil airborne creatures and you would think in the midst of covid that the entire world would be on their knees asking for the mercy of god but they are marching destroying buildings demanding that police be defunded it has not brought repentance it has brought chaos Okay? Well, the language of Babylon, I didn't put this on your paper, but the language of Babylon from the beginning was chaos and confusion. The language of Zion is speaking in a heavenly language as the Spirit gives utterance. The language of Babylon is cursing. The language of Zion is blessing. The spirit of Babylon is hate. The spirit of Zion is love. All right, now let's look down here. Wine, symbolic of the source of joy or intoxication. The Bible says that when Peter got up on the day of Pentecost, he said they were accused of being drunk because that's what people go to. That's their quick fix. Some kind of pharmacology or some kind of substance that mutes the anguish of the soul. Immediately people go to drinking. And and if you look at the statistics during COVID, alcohol sales have soared. That's a Babylonian answer to stress. Numb it, drug it, medicate it. So I don't feel it. You say, well, I didn't know that was Babylon. Yes, it is. In Zion, we drink new wine, which is the wine of the Holy Ghost. Peter said, they're not drunken as you suppose. This is that spoken by the prophet Joel. If you look at that last scripture reference, Ephesians 5, 18, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess. He said, you have to keep drinking to get drunk, not just to get a buzz, but to numb the cry of your own soul. Babylon drinks, Babylon drugs. Babylon escapes through a certain kind of wine. Please look at Babylon's wine. We drink new wine, drunk on the Holy Ghost, filled with the Spirit. Babylon is full of the wine of wrath of fornication. And I tried to explain this as best I could without taking you to BlueLetterBible.org. The underlying rage. It's not love that drives lust. Is not love that drives idolatry. It is rage. Uh, It's rage against our mortality. It's rage against the government. It's rage against the way I was brought up. It's rage against I can't have this and do that. It's rage and underlying all of that. Or the result of all that. Is idolatry and all sexual immorality and perversity. Who knew? But that's what the Bible says. Now, in the middle of this whole thing, and it happens about verse 4, okay? There is a cry from the angel that says, come out from among her. You'll see that on the back of your sheet, your second page. Suddenly, we get verses one, two, three. come out. Wow. It's like God saying, let there be light. He turns to a group of people and says, come out. You are not of this, separate yourselves. And then turn back over on the front part of your sheet and let's look to what separate means. It means to mark off from others by boundaries. This is why we cannot partake of what the world does. This is why you'll feel convicted if you're crossing a certain line and you say, well, how do I partake? I'm not doing anything. Remember the little song we used to say, be careful little eyes what you see, be careful little ears what you say, be careful little tongue what you speak, be careful little feet where you go. For the father up above is looking down in tender love. We are here, but not of it. We are not motivated by the underlying rage that drives lust, actual sexual lust, and idolatry, which is the pursuit of things. And Peter bears it out because he said, you have received exceeding precious promises that you might escape the corruption that is in the world through lust lust. It is the incessant need and want for something. And the world is eaten alive with it. They're already on fire with it. Taken to its logical extreme, it becomes serious addictions. What you have consumed now begins to consume you. And the Lord said, come out. Now look at the word partakers. He said, I want you to come out from her so that you are not partakers of her sin. So I, th- I felt impressed. I'm going to look up what does it mean to partake of something. It means to have fellowship with. If you're watching something and all of a sudden something flies across the screen, whoa! You can't get with it. You can't let yourself be led down that. You can't feel what that actor's feeling. You can't be a partaker of it because when you immerse yourself in what Babylon is doing, singing, saying, and acting, we're becoming a part of it. This is why the Lord convicts us. Now, we can all do that. We all understand lust of the flesh and the incessant want for things. But when the Lord said, come out, he said, I don't want you to be a part of what's going on out there because I'm marking you with, just like Moses marked the door, what did you mark it with? Blood. The blood of the lamb, he said, I have bought you with a price. Do not partake of what they're doing. Now, I, I don't know what kind of apps you're using, but Brother David sent us an article from Forbes about TikTok. And I don't know if you know that TikTok is owned by China and that there are all kinds of backdoors and data collecting. They are using that to quickly absorb information about Americans. You must be careful. In this hour, what you are loading on your phone, what you are allowing your kids to watch, because hell has enlarged herself. You say, well, it's just this, it's just that. Everybody's there. They're going to find out sooner or later. Come out from among her. Come out, my people. Do not be partakers of her sins. Now turn your paper over. That you receive not of her plagues. He said, I'm not telling you that because I want you to act better. I'm trying to save you from what's coming. Mental illness and torment. I'm telling you. Chapters 15 and 16. When that angel starts breaking those seals, God is not a God of mercy and love and compassion. He's like, I've had it. This is it. Now, I want you to look at at the top of your page, 2 Corinthians 6:17. Paul had already said it, come out from among them and be ye separate. Touch not the unclean thing. There are so many unclean things on the radio, on television, on your computer, I'm just telling you, and I am as bad as anybody. If I see something that's like, that's horrible. Do you know how long it takes me to go, oh God, I don't need to be seeing that. Because I'm just mesmerized by, I can't believe how bad that is. Do you understand what I'm saying? And I didn't deliberately seek it. I wasn't looking for it. It was pretty much thrown in my face. Well, I, I I I have enough problems thinking on things that are lovely and pure without being assaulted. You say, well, Sister Shostran, uh, uh, can it happen to anyone? Yes, and that's why we have to be on our guard. Because we're in Babylon, and this is the way Babylon operates. Say amen. Then the last scripture up there says, Because it is written, Be ye what? Holy, for I am holy. I looked that up uh And you'll see it on the bottom of the front side of your page. Holy means a most holy thing. It means separated from sin and consecrated to God. I'm telling you right now, I don't know of anything that can do that in me but the work of the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you right now, only the work of the Holy Ghost makes you holy. You don't make yourself holy by not watching television or your computer. You can't do it. I'm telling you, when you get full of the Holy Ghost, though, he makes you holy. And then when he does and he puts boundaries around you, then man, my only job, and you'll see it, my only job is to obey him. That's it. Just to do what he says do. That's it. Want to go to heaven? Got to be obedient. It's just that simple. All I have to do is obey. I don't have to figure out how this works. I don't have to figure out why he did this or that. I just have to do what he says do. It's that simple. And let him make the leading decisions. Now, how easy it is for adults to just do what someone tells them to do. I'm not even going to go there. All right. Now, let's look at Babylon's reward. This is why it is important. And I said, Lord, this is a heavy subject. Why do we need to study this? Because it's in the word of the Lord. And we need to be wise as serpents. We need to know the hour we're living in. We need to be aware. Why? So that we keep our garments. Because Jesus is coming. That's why we're studying this. So let's look at it. Babylon's reward in verse 5. Her sins have reached unto heaven. Now I'm telling you what. The heavens... I don't know at what point, that's pretty high. So let me tell you how bad Babylon's going to get. And this is the cumulative effect of all the wickedness since the beginning of time. It is fulfilled in this final generation, and God says, that is it. You've had 2,000 years to repent. You know human history. And, and I'm beginning to understand that there are some people who simply are not going to bow their knee to God. I don't care what you do. They're just not going to do it. And he says, now you will deal with me. I don't want to see that side of him, but he said her sins have reached to heaven. And what did it do for God? God remembered her iniquities. Then he said, reward her as she has done, give her double. So look at number three on your sheet. This is the double that's coming to her. Double, judgment. That means there's no opportunity to take a pop quiz and get extra credit. This is it. Plagues are coming. If that weren't enough, death, mourning, and finally burned with fire, totally. Now, what preceded this? It's amazing that in the 18th chapter, All of God's judgment, he explains by looking at the 18th chapter. Babylon's attitude, and you'll look, let's look under Babylon's reward. Look at Revelation 18, 5, and let's see, verse 7. Let's look at Revelation 18 and 7. How much she has glorified herself and lived... Deliciously. There's no self-restraint here. There's no humility here. There's no concern about other people here. She glorified herself. Lived deliciously. And he said give her that much torment and sorrow. Because she said in her heart. Does attitude matter? The Bible said it started where? It started in her heart. That's why... It is ludicrous for us to think that by dressing up our exterior, we can create a heart change. It's just not possible. It's not. I would love to tell you it is. I wish it were possible, but it isn't. And he said, she started in her heart and said, I sit a queen, I'm no widow, and I shall see no sorrow. Now let's look at what that means. All right, Babylon's attitude, the first Hallmark of the attitude that is producing this response in God is what? See it on your paper? Read it. Let me hear you say it. Lawlessness. The first record of lawlessness that I see in the book of Psalms is in 2, 1 through 3. It's like, we don't want your rules. Who said the Ten Commandments have to be followed? Who said that sin? What is sin? There is no God, so there can be no sin. And it says, why do the heathen rage? There's that rage again. See, God had this written. He knows that what's underneath all of the war is a rage against him. Well, I'm not coming under you. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? Now look at this. Who's doing this? Kings of the earth, leaders set themselves and rulers take counsel together against who? Against the Lord. They don't want to bow the knee to God. They want to create their own laws, their own rules. You say, well, my country's not doing that. Let me tell you something. Any government outside of God is their own authority. They create laws. They make them. They enforce them. They break them. They determine what the penalty is. That's not God. Now, the Lord sets authority in place. Does God use it? Yes. I want you to understand that. But he's talking about the overarching attitude of the entire Babylonian system is we are not coming under God's rule. I'm not doing it. I don't care what the Ten Commandments say. I'll get me a good lawyer and we'll dance right around him. If I can pay for legal counsel, I can commit murder and get by with it. Do you believe that? I hope you do because we've seen it done numerous times. They will, I I have trouble believing that. I'm telling you what the Bible says. Now let's look what verse 3 says. This is their counsel. Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. We don't want to hear what is right and wrong. Says who? And you know what that shows? What is the next thing? They are lawless. They don't believe the Bible. They have to explain it away because it's a book of rules. So they have to believe it's a myth. It was written by men, that it's a fable. And if you hear anybody talk about it who's not a religious person, it's a fable. It's mythology. And they're very intelligent because If it's not a fable and it's not mythology, then oh good God in heaven, I have broken every one of them. The book says I'm destined for hellfire. Well, if I can prove that the book is just a bunch of junk, then I don't have to change. So, what is driving lawlessness? Look at the next thing underneath Babylon's attitude. What is the attitude of Babylon under lawlessness? Do you see it on your paper? Can you say it out loud? No fear of God. They don't believe in him. I don't have to be afraid of him, so I don't need to worry about him. I can do what I want. My culture said this is acceptable now. We have rights, we have equal rights. Where did you get that? Is that biblical? Nope, but we created laws that allow me to do what I want as long as my culture says it's okay. Who's going who's gonna to bring a charge against me? It's legal and it's lawful, but it's not biblical. You follow me? And the world does not want to know about biblical. Why? Because it's Babylon. God is not the author of Babylon. God is not the author of confusion. And Babylon is confusion. And we're seeing confusion now. Gender identity. What's a family? At the root of that is lawlessness, no fear of God, and confusion. We can't even figure out what COVID is. Confusion. Say amen. Psalms 36 and 1 says, The transgression of the wicked says within my heart, there is no fear of God before his eyes. So if you're not afraid of judgment, you don't have to be afraid of anything you're doing. If there is no hell then you don't need to worry about it. If there is no great judgment, if there are no plagues, if there's no revelation, if John on the Isle of Patmos was chewing cocaine, coca leaves, and he was having an hallucination, then none of this is important. If, on the other hand, you believe in God, and you look at that book as the signal evidence that the end is near and upon us, then your response is going to be different than Babylon. Now, here's the result If you are lawless and you have no fear of God, self-glorification. I never, pastor, I never got how this works. I didn't get it. And then I was like, I get it. I get it. If you're lawless, there are no rules for you. And you're not afraid of God. Then guess who God is. If he's not God and there are no rules, then I must be God. Worship me while I sing. Self-glorification, I'm smart, I'm talented, I'm intelligent, I'm capable, I'm worthy. Self-glorification means to praise, extol, magnify, celebrate, to honor, do honor, hold in honor, make glorious, adorn with luster, clothe with splendor to cause the dignity and worth of some person or thing to become manifest and acknowledged. I'm gonna tell you, Babylon loves herself. The bigger the show, the better. Look at American Idol. How many likes? Instagram, selfie, my image, myself. We laugh, but it's Babylon, folks, and it's in direct contrast to the other city, this is the tale of two cities. Now let's look, after self-glorification comes self-rule. I am a queen, I'm royal, I'm a ruler, I'm powerful. Now when she said, I'm no widow, I am not a widow. You know what she was saying? I didn't get this way because I married somebody. You know, because when kings marry women, They elevate them to their level. And she said, I'm a ruler in my own right. I don't need no man. Are you with me? This attitude of I am self-made. I did this. I made this. I am awesome. I am powerful. I am amazing. Who does that sound like? I will sit on the throne of the Most High. I will exalt myself. Are you hearing me? Are we in the hour of I? It's a little bit terrifying. This is the result of lawlessness and no fear of God. Self-made. I'm not a widow. My power is my own. I did not get it by marriage with anybody. I deserve it. I earned it. All right? Self-preservation and self-controlled. I will not feel sorrow. I do not feel contrition for anything I've done. I didn't do anything wrong. Now, if you've never come across somebody who's a pathological liar, or if you've never worked with people who refuse to accept responsibility for what they've done, then you can't appreciate this right here. You, this is me, I'm just going let blah blah, 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 But if you have ever come across someone who has been caught red-handed in the act of something wrong and will not, absolutely will not own it, then you realize how serious this is. I'm telling you, they're delusional. But they, if they don't accept responsibility, then they don't have to repent for it. They don't have to cry. They don't have to feel bad. They don't have to apologize. They don't have to be humbled. They don't have to acknowledge they've done wrong. They didn't do wrong. In fact, you're wrong. You owe me an apology. The Bible said that before this thing is over, people are going to call black, white, and white, black, good, evil, and evil, good. We're there, folks. We're there. This is Babylonish. I will not suffer, permit, or feel loss. And the Bible said at the end of this is complete destruction. I don't think God's going to have to do anything. I think God's just going to let Babylon have her way. And she's going to destroy herself completely and totally. Now, oh dear God, say help us Jesus. Let's look at Zion's reward. Zion's attitude also determines her reward so I want to tell you something for the first time in my life I can see as an adult of 61 years old that attitude does matter and although there are people who are doctors lawyers judges and in great power and position and authority and are probably as corrupt as anything we've ever seen and manage to do their day job and do it well this right here reveals that your attitude matters and it's going to determine your reward. Did everyone hear that? This is the first place because what most people say as we've begun to see the underbelly of some of our leaders, well, if they can just get this economy back on track, I don't care what they, and I, I don't even want to talk about that because I am so grief stricken by our choices right now. I'm just saying, come Lord Jesus. Are you with me? you understand what I'm saying? But, but we've all had to gag down. You don't walk up to your doctor or your lawyer or your whatever and say, I hate to ask this, but do you abuse drugs? I'd like, do you drink? Have you ever performed a surgery when you were drunk? Do you know what they would do to us if we would ask questions like that? Like, I am privileged that you let me in your office. I'm not telling you to do that. I'm saying, though, God is going to pull the God card and say, I know what you were doing while you were operating. I saw how you earned that money. And unfortunately, we have seen the cover pulled back on physicians who have been euthanizing seniors. Excuse me, but did that just happen in Ohio or did I dream that? Hello? Did it happen? It didn't happen in Zimbabwe, folks. That happened in Columbus, Ohio. Intelligent, educated, respected people. The Nazis didn't have horns and tails, folks. They looked sharp. They looked sharp. Their military bands were amazing. Okay? They didn't come looking like devils, foul spirits, and unclean birds. But I'm gonna tell you, Babylon is full of that. And I heard a man from Africa say this. In Africa, our demons wear skins and horns. In America, they wear three-piece suits. I don't know what we think evil is. And most people, when they are confronted with a serial killer that's been living next door, go, he's just the nicest guy. Really? Are you serious? The Bible says that our hearts are full of evil and murder and all kinds of things. But I don't know what people think a murderer looks like. I think they come as angels of light. To deceive and to sway people, this is Babylon. Zion's attitude is in direct contrast to Babylon. Zion is self-denial. Luke 9, 23 and 24 said, if any man's going to come after me, what's the first thing he's got to do? Deny himself. You don't get to do what you want to do. Does it feel like crucifixion? Yes. Especially when everybody else is going on a party. Especially when your kids are driving you nuts. Especially when you just want a little me, myself, and I time. He said I want you to deny yourself. You know what? I don't want any of you to go through trials and tribulations but I kind of feel like that some of us are being tribulated so that we have to stay close to the Lord and I'm sorry if this offends you but I'm going to thank God for your trial because I believe the Lord appointed you to go to Zion. I think he wanted you to be a part of the new Jerusalem. So I'm telling you what I hope I tell him this often when I'm in my right mind. God ignores." me. Ignore me when I'm screaming and when I'm crying and when I'm upset and when I'm stressed because I know that you are working all things for my good and I want to be ready when the trumpet sounds. Self-denial and that cross we all hate is so that we can nail to the cross that Babylonian me, myself, and I. He said, whosoever will save his life. He said, if you try to preserve yourself, you're going to lose it. You know what? If I'm going to give myself, I'm going to give myself to this church right here. If I'm going to serve anybody, I'm going to serve the people of God right here. I'm going to give myself to this community of believers before I go yield my body to be burned for the poor out there. I am going to show the love of God to the people that God has chosen to be part of his Zion. Self-denial. Self-denial. They that are christ Have crucified the flesh with the affections thereof. Next page. The fear of God. And I I don't know what page that is. You have to help me. Second page. Okay. Zion. Zion has an attitude of the fear of God. Proverbs 9 and 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of what? Now, I'm going to tell you, wisdom does not come cheap, folks. I, When I was speaking out, uh, I would use the Bible. I had a business, Educational Support Services Incorporated. And I would, as Dr. Janice Shostran, I would travel around and I would do these sessions and... I was trying to explain the difference in knowledge, experience, and wisdom. Knowledge is gathering facts. Experience is using what you know over a period of time. And then wisdom is what you learned from experience. There's only one place I know to get wisdom without having to live a lifetime. When you reverence the Lord, James said, if you lack wisdom, if you are... If you are ignorant, he said, go ask God. Give me wisdom. Give me a discerning heart. I don't have 40 more years to live. I'm already past the halfway mark, long time ago. And I told Savannah the other day, it was so amazing to me, that that it doesn't matter. I told Bishop, it doesn't matter that I have the Holy Ghost. Here, Here we spend nine months to conceive and bear a baby, 18 hours to birth it, the next 20 years to raise it, and by 25 we start dying. Savannah's a young nurse. It's crushing. Maybe that's the rage underneath Babylon's, I'm not going to die. I'm going to look good. And all I can think of is is the actress and comedian Joan Rivers, who in her 80s went under the knife one more time to maintain her image. She never came out of it. I, I... We can't save ourselves from our mortality. And so it's the choice between get all you can get right now. and Live like you want and get everything you can. Or people who say, I know this outward man is perishing. But I'm being renewed by the Holy Ghost. This is not my home. I'm not going to stay here. I'm not a part of what's going on. And I'm going to tell you right now all my life. If you could could persuade me by the power of your words and your passion. And I was like... If I believe in something, I can sell it. And I'd go over here and I'd want to get involved in this group in high school. And all of a sudden, you know, I'd feel this little. No, you can't do that. Can't pour yourself into that. I was looking for something to pour myself into. And then I realized I'm going to have to pour myself at the feet of the one who is the Alpha and the Omega who gave me life. I was born to be a worshiper. I was not born to cheer OSU or Notre Dame or whatever. I'm not a cheerleader for a Babylonian system. I'm not telling you football's wrong or soccer's wrong or baseball's wrong. But at the end of the day, here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. I can't afford to be lukewarm. Babylon's coming. Babylon's here. I see the smoke of her destruction is already beginning. What am I doing? I'm coming out. I'm more sensitive now to what I see and what I hear. Why? Because I'm a holy Joe and superior. No, because my ear is attuned to things above because the heat that's destroying them is purifying me. I feel the heat. Do you feel it? Oh, hallelujah. Babylon's attitude, self-denial and the fear of God. And the result is this, transformation. It's on your paper, 2 Corinthians 3, 18. Oh God. And the scripture that's just running in my mind right now is remember Lot's wife. What did she do? She turned around to look at what was happening. That's why I said there are two words that come to my mind as an appropriate response to this hour. Watch, but then what? Jesus said, pray that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things. So, yes, I know Babylon's on fire. I see it, but I'm not marching to their politics. I'm not marching to their, to their issues. I'm not, this system's going down. I'm not trying to save it. I can't save it. The apostle said, save yourselves from this untoward generation. Work out your own salvation with fear and And then this last thing, we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord. I can't afford to look at the hellfire burning on Babylon. I'm looking for the glory. I don't want to miss the moment Brother Tim walks in and everybody goes, oh, isn't that nice? No, wait a minute. I just saw the glory of the Lord. He did something wonderful. I need to stop right there and go hold it for a minute. Oh. How great is our God? You're amazing. What are you doing? I'm not going to let that miracle moment pass me by. I see Jesus doing something. I saw the glory of the Lord through suffering and sorrow and separation. And the Bible said when you get a hold of the glory and you look at it and you feast on it and you think about it, you are being changed into that same image of the healer, Jesus on the inside. Working on the outside. He said, you're going to have to look for it. Because Sodom's burning. You're going to have to look for the glory. Focus on it. And the screams and the cries and the pleasure-seeking of Babylon is getting louder and louder and louder. And the violence and the chaos. And if we're not careful, we'll be drawn away. I can't look at that. Why? Because my eyes are set to the eastern sky. Because I've seen signs and miracles and wonders here. We've been praying for people. And there's been a little response here and a little response there. I hope Sonia Escobar is listening tonight. That girl is a miracle. I have lived for 42 years of married life, 61 years old, and I can count on one hand the number of people who have crossed my path so God orchestrated for God to make an act of salvation. You think that was a coincidence? I beg to differ with you. That is the glory of the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands right now. Thank you, Jesus. Let me see your glory. It's going to be my change. And this is what's amazing. The result is transformation and salvation. Look at 1 Peter 1 and 9. Right there above the word merchandise on your sheet. Receiving the end of your faith. Why are you believing all this? Why are you yelling? Why are you hollering? Why are you... Are you serious? You just heard us say that the planet is warming and it's going to explode. He said... The end of your faith, all this faith you've had, all this singing, give me a J and E and S U S with Brother Rob on Sundays, and crazy praise and fasting and early morning prayer. What is all that about? The salvation of my soul. That's what it's about. Is Jesus is coming. Now I want you to look at Babylon right up to the end, right up to the end. Babylon is selling gold, silver, precious stones, pearls, fine linen, purple, silk, scarlet, thine wood. I had to look it up because I'd never heard of it in my life. It's an aromatic wood that was used for sacrifices to idols. So there was worship going on in Babylon. Oh, yes. And they were making money off of it. That's why the island of Delos was created, so that people would travel from around the Mediterranean and go to the island of Delos and worship and buy a slave or two. They were making money. You hear me? Somebody was getting rich on human bodies and sacrifice, vessels of ivory. Vessels of precious wood, brass, iron, marble, cinnamon, scents, ointments, frankincense, wine and oil and fine flour and wheat and beasts and sheep and horses and chariots and slaves and souls of men. They can people be bought by this system? Go see a drug dealer who has enslaved a young girl, gotten her on drugs so that she has to depend on him for her fix. And she will do what she has to do to get her fixed because he started her. Ask anybody who's ever been addicted to opioids. Has to go see a friend. And what kind of friend is that? At somewhere along the way, somebody's going to have to pay. There's going to have to be an exchange of money. The souls of men. Zion is selling gold tried in the fire. Jesus said... Come to me and let me give you some faith that has stood the test of fiery trial. I salve. Do your eyes hurt with what you see? Can you see at all? Let me anoint your eyes. White raiment. Let me show you how to live right in your marriages, in your homes. Let me show you how to be clean and holy and different and separate. Not the way you were raised or what you read or what you heard or what you used as a template. But let me show you what true righteousness is. Let me give you love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness. This is the merchandise of Zion. Temperance and oil. Oil of joy instead of mourning. Only he can turn a graveside into a garden. Only he can say, why are you crying? She's asleep. Only he can say, are you heavy? Start singing. And by the time you get done with the third verse of on the hallelujah side, your spirits will lift. And Isaiah said, hey, everyone that thirsts, are you thirsty? Are you sick of wine and the intoxication and drugs and dulling the pain and the anguish and the anxiety? Come to the water. Do you don't have money? That's okay. Okay. Come buy and eat, buy wine and milk without money and without price. What is it? Swallow your pride and say, help me. Revelation 22 and 17 says, Revelation 18 is four chapters from this verse. And the spirit and the bride say, if we're still reading it, the bride's still here. And there's an all call. Put down your pills. Put down your alcohol. Put down your joint. Put away what you're using to dull your pain. There is a savior in the house who can help you reconcile the rage that's driving you away from him and into destruction. Let him that heareth say come and let him that's thirsty come. And if you're not here and you don't know any of us and you're listening online and you're hearing what I'm saying, whosoever will, come on, there's a way out of this. Would you lift your hands right now? Lord, we thank you. We know that the system that we were all raised in, every single one of us has grown up in it. We've pledged allegiance to the flag and sung my country, tis of thee, America the beautiful, and the star-spangled banner. There's not one of us in here that hadn't paid taxes, that hasn't voted, that hasn't prayed for our leaders with sincerity and love and humility. But we know very well that the best this system was ever going to be was the year that Nebuchadnezzar walked with Daniel. So God, what are we supposed to do after hearing such horrible things that are coming to the places we've known and loved, the places that have been overrun with the bad decisions of people who were only out to make money and get what they could for a little while. And you're hearing the cry of the downtrodden and people who are hurt and broken People who've been abused and people who've been neglected and, and systems where drug users have to give their lives and their bodies to somebody else and then and then people can be bought with the money that someone used to enslave someone else. My God in heaven, you said the government shall be on your shoulder. Hatalomukha. I don't know what else to do folks after hearing and reading such a thing and I cannot say it has been a pleasure to tell it to you. It has put a reverent fear in me of a God who told a man to write it 2000 years ago and then said somebody's going to get a blessing for reading it. All I want to do is worship him. Hear these prayers.